Hi. Hi. What's up? Not much. Want to talk about some problematic romantic shit? Yeah, let's do it. Let's go. Hey guys, welcome to Shipwreck. How are you, Suze? I'm doing great-ish. Quarantastic? <laughs> I like it. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Is that the name of this episode? We'll figure it out. Uh... Uh, this is Shipwreck, a podcast where uh, Suze and I talk about relationship elements and self-improvement methods and stuff that we have learned Correct. Um, in, uh, in things we are currently learning, kind of a sharing as we go mm-hmm. situation, and uh, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. How are you enjoying it I so far? I am also enjoying it. This morning, move that close. Perfect. Move that closer to my face. I can't get a grape in there now. Um. I'm eating grapes, guys, on mic. It's true. Um, I'm also going on lack of sleep, calf, over, being a little bit overly caffeinated, um, having some ADD, and also being medicated that way, and we'll see where we go. Yay. Taking care of my business. It's going to be interesting <laughs> to see if I can follow my own this train of thought. It's going to be like an 80s montage of, of what is going to happen <laughs> on Susan's side. Oh, boy. Um, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't ask a question. Is this? Oh, I just started talking. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, grapes. I asked you how you were doing. <laughs> I'm doing great. Uh, um, you're doing great. Uh-huh. Uh, so at the end of uh, the last episode, yes, we, we in which if you haven't listened to episode two, we we talk about uh, a lot of sort of problematic stereotypes in movies that have been pointed at us for I'll say it our whole lives, and mm-hmm. we've been basing sort of a lot of things off of it as as in what kind of partner we should be or what kind of man or woman we should be for certain people and Suze asked me a really interesting question which was if romantic comedies were sort of the women's the sort of classic female wish fulfillment uh fantasy kind of thing what is that for men and i talked for five minutes on nothing um (laughs) i circled a lot because i never really thought about that um i like to consider myself a little bit of an atypical male although we were just talking before hit record that we'll, we'll get yeah we'll get to, we'll get into that yeah maybe the, the i don't know if atypical male is a thing yeah it might not be yeah because i think men think they're atypical if they're not and like you guys can't see but i'm doing air quotes like alpha chest thumping male mm-hmm. like that is like an actual male and like, then in a typical male is any you know is a dude who can access any kind of emotion or is in any way vulnerable or, or softer or whatever but here's the thing i think there are way more men like that and like the atypical male is actually more of a typical male um so that's where i was going with that here's some grapes i think you're right um there's I wonder if it's if it's more flipped. I'm having this realization like on mic, but I wonder if it's more flipped than we even realize. Um, where yeah, the atypical male is the sort of uh, alpha stereotype that's pointed at us, you know, through your through your sort of aggro movies. I, I'm trying mm-hmm. to think like you're you know the Expendables, like like you know that that movie right. with, with like every single action star in the last 20, 30 years, yeah. like Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Vin Diesel. They Stay them is my favorite. Stay them. Mm-hmm. Although Statham has has emotional capacity because he has, I think that it's often shown like oh this this uh, archetype has uses jokes so he has emotional depth it's mm-hmm. just like wink it's extra attractive you know because like, Harrison Ford is the one that I was the one of my generation Harrison Ford is the guy who like was really like manly and stuff and in all of his roles but also wasn't afraid to kind of like use a little bit of self deprecation so mm-hmm. it showed that he had like awareness sure which was hot. Awareness is hot. Awareness is hot. Yeah. Um, but also he, he const- his characters or whatever, the, the main ones, the Indiana Jones, the Han Solos, got into a lot of trouble because he overshot his, their, his arrogance got the best of mm-hmm. it, we'll say. Um, so I, I, I wonder about that, that stereotype. And we're not going to talk super long about this, but it, just to dovetail off of the last uh, episode, that question you guys wrote in with some answers. So, th- yeah. So the question being... The equivalent for men, like the Mister, like, the Mister Darcy. The what's the female? Uh-huh. What's the male version of the Mister Darcy kind of thing uh, for women? Like being like, oh, swoon. And uh, my, I mean, the the cliche answer which we got, <laughs> I don't know if it's a joke or not, is uh, is pornography. Mm-hmm. Is, and I I thought about that, but I like to think that that is also kind of that it's a thing that meets a base base need. 
But I'm talking more in like relationships and partnerships. Okay, so here's what I'm throwing to you because you are you're calling romantic movies wish fulfillment for women. So mm-hmm. so which I think there's an element of that. But if we're looking at escapism romantic yeah romantic movies as escapism for women i think pornography is absolutely that escapism for men it's escapism for everybody but it might also be wish fulfillment on i mean you and i were talking a little bit ago about how um you know women our biggest fears like being killed by a man and men's biggest fears are you know being embarrassed uh or being humiliated by a woman and so um i think there's maybe something to porn where men can flex their masculinity, they're in charge, they're, women want them, women find them attractive, you know, their dicks always work, everything's, you mm-hmm. know, and it's it's everything dudes are super insecure about in the day-to-day, and there's none of that in porn. Yeah. Do you think there's something to that? A hundred percent. I mean, we could do a whole episode on porn, and we probably should mm-hmm. at some point, because I find it interesting, uh, from the male perspective, porn is the opposite of there's no chance of being embarrassed Uh because women in porn are so over the top enthusiastic to be there and they want you so bad. Yeah. There's no like prove yourself to me. It's you just get to be a man. And that is like a, like there's no factoring in feelings or anything. And and that could be seen in a crass way. But I think from the stereotypical male way, because we aren't taught how to sort of, figure out and that's hard work for you to get to that yeah stereotype yeah, yeah. the, 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 we're speaking in generalities here but mm-hmm. yeah sure. it is yeah. i think men aren't taught to access emotional anything so not only not to access their own emotional well but the other persons and anticipate and figure that out and see if they're okay and it sounds so basic but it really is sort of like no push your feelings down boy walk it off like this whole like mentality that we've been brought up especially if you're brought up in sports it's you know, and, and sports is used as an analogy for life. If you brought up in sports, it's like, no, this is just like life, man. And so porn, you don't have to factor in uh, the other person's feelings. You just get to do the animalistic thing. Well, when you're trying to navigate complicated nuance all day long, if you can just zone out to something that is like simple yeah. and baseline and like that makes tons of sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it just it, it just lets the pressure off. Also, I feel like we need to say, you're like, this sounds very general and this sounds very, I need, we need to throw a blanket over all this right now because even talking about men, we're talking about straight men, yeah, women, we're talking about course, straight women. Of course. Like it's like th- we understand there is way more nuance to this than we can possibly even get into. Um, but what we're, you know, based on like who was answering <laughs> the yeah. kinds of movies that we're talking about, which are like heterosexual, you know, movies, yes, relationships. So understanding it's way more nuanced than that. I feel like we need to go into this, like, this is all very general and yes, it's way more nuanced than we could ever cover. Mm-hmm. So, and, uh, thank you for saying that. Cause yeah. yes, I often forget when you speak in generalities, you can leave people out even. And that's so it, it's leaving lots of people out. It's, it's, that will also change it's, in movies. Yes. Hopefully. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why movies like love Simon are important. Yep. Um, but, uh, anyway, uh, Manic Pixie Dream Girl, Sarah Stroud, mm-hmm. wrote in and said that is sort of the And I think that's a really good answer because that that will you sort of speak to what or explain for people who may maybe don't know what a Manic Pixie Dream Girl is? Um, Being the Manic Pixie Power Nap that you it's are. It's a Manic Pixie Power Nap. <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> um, it's Manic Pixie Dream Girl is an archetype that, and I'm trying to think who, who was the first. Do we know? It's around the Natalie Portman in Garden State. Kirsten Dunn's character in Elizabethtown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's a female archetype character who is um, <laughs> doesn't really super have her own plot line, her own motivations, her own fleshed out character or anything. She is basically there to move the male character uh, through his own development. Her whole purpose is to have the... Life coach him. <laughs> life coach the dude. <laughs> well, also be uh, hot. Be cute. Yeah. Uh, give the guy purpose. Give the guy, Sex. you know, motivation to me. Yeah. And, you know, if there's boobs, cool. So, <laughs> but Manic Pixie Dream Girl is, is the whole thing where it's, she's hot. She's a little bit unattainable, maybe. It's, you know, it's kind of every guy's dream, but her, she's a muse. She's the muse. Yeah. Um, but she's it. not her own person. No. And I f- absolutely fall into the trap of being a creative person, especially, but like, um, Especially when those movies were released where I was like, swoon. Like, mm-hmm. oh my sure. gosh, the yeah. idea of like having like, but in, in that uh, honestly bleeds into what um, Dwayne uh, DeBartlebian uh, 
wrote in and then a, a little bit of I, it, uh, other people kind of piped in as well with the idea of Dwayne wrote, most guys enjoy a good action adventure movie as a form of wish, wish fulfillment. And in many of those, there's a woman who joins him in the adventure as a partner, perhaps that fits a paradigm. And that's a really I want good answer. that to be that's, true. I, I think but as a woman, I want that. to well, be Well, that's the man that picks dream girl. Like how many of these action movies does it have like a female a companion mm-hmm. who is who is easy on the eyes and and is is not there to stop the you know think about it's not there to stop the protagonist but to help him along the way it goes back to like the thing that i said over and over again about my parents which they say about themselves which is my my dad wants to go to the moon and my mom just wants him to take the trash out yep and yeah. that that has been their dynamic forever right. and that's i grew up hearing that over and over again and they and it was always this cute thing, but I think that there's something there about, I wish I just had somebody who, who would help me like, cause think about those characters in, in Nicolas Cage movies and, and Harrison Ford movies. And like, there's always a cute blonde typically there to kind of be like, well, what's next? You know, like, what are we mm-hmm. going to do about this? And then the man gets to be the expert on it. You know, like, Oh, we need to find this, this, this object or this thing. Oh, look over there in the corner. I think it's over there. You know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's very hot for men. To be like, yeah, somebody who doesn't like stop me from doing the adventures I want to go on. And from the woman perspective, I that's what I want a guy to want. Like, I want a guy who wants a partner to go on adventures. with. I would love to go on adventures as an equal partner. Yeah, that sounds amazing. What I don't want to be is a manic pixie dream girl who like I doesn't you know, get to have your own. I don't want to be Claire, whose job is to just make Orlando Bloom less sulky. <laughs> that sounds horrible. That, I yeah. don't. I don't want to be that. Like I do, you know. I would love to be like a partner. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And the adventure thing also. Well, like I, 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 in, in, def- I always had to defend Elizabeth Town. That movie would have been way better if, if there wasn't a romantic element. If they were just friends. Anyway, I said it last episode. I'll say it again. Okay, like, I'm just gonna say also if they're just friends, what does he bring? In, what does he bring into that? That's what I mean. Like if if it's if they made it a little bit even if she yeah. had her own thing to overcome and that's the whole man pixie dream girl thing yeah, though is I know. that she had if they removed yeah. that I, I think that movie is so close to being great if the, if both of them had things they were struggling with mm-hmm. and in their lack or feeling quote unquote of that they were they were struggling they actually helped each other in that moment see a different perspective from and then and then both were able to succeed because they could actually like be because of their vulnerability and their realness right. and their actual friendship and they just ha- and I love the happenstance meeting and these two strangers kind of help each other figure out what the next step in their life is mm-hmm. that's so awesome sure because that's actually happened you know well that's before, two so. real people having a partnership you're right that exactly. sounds great <laughs> I guess that's what I'm saying yes exactly uh, and Je- Jeff Houston wrote if men were being honest with themselves romantic movies actually serve the same purpose for them any decent guy I think would want to aspire to the genre's ideals of what a man can be and overcome sure it's more complicated in real life but the ideals of these fairy tales still hold true and are worth fighting for mm-hmm. oh and then he actually literally just now popped in and said I don't think it's a coincidence that the rom-coms most men embrace as classics that they love came from Nora Ephron, yeah. who we talked about yep. in the last one, who did yep. uh, uh, When Harry Met Sally in uh, Sleepless in Seattle, You've Got Mail. Um, he said, Jeff says, she had a way of respecting and understanding masculine traits that don't didn't simplify or belittle them. And men respond to that. Nancy Myers movies are good at this too. Yeah, Nancy Myers movies uh, are... What are the... I'm less familiar Any movie with, with Meryl Streep in an amazing kitchen. Okay, okay. <laughs> you know that movie with her and uh, It's Complicated. It's like her mm-hmm. and her and Alec Baldwin. Mm-hmm. And uh, Steve Martin, and then there's a movie, Something's Gotta Give, I think, with okay. Diane Keaton. And uh, there's a lot of women over 45 having like sexual trysts with men and stuff like that. A lot right. of stuff you were talking about. Uh, right. I, Where I wish, yeah, there needs to be representation of, mm-hmm. you know, older women. There needs to be, which again, you know, maybe men don't want to see yeah. <laughs> older women having we, a sexual awakening. I don't know. Maybe um, not, but I I think it's important to get out there. Uh, yeah. We, uh, there's there's women. a there's a couple other responses, but they're all from from women, which I appreciate. But I was I was hoping to get more from dudes. I was gonna say it's interesting to see what women think men want from it, and then mm. seeing what men are replying. So men, here's another thing that I found interesting. Like uh, Matt Connor said, Ryan Gosling, um, who said. Is Blake a is yeah Blake's a guy yeah um Annie Harrison Ford role so men were coming up with with men names mm-hmm. to where I was like okay so this is interesting 
are women going to these movies looking for what we want in a partner? And men are looking at, at these movies seeing men that they want to more emulate and be mm. like. So I think so. So for Ryan Gosling, are women watching Ryan Gosling movies because we're wanting to be find someone and be with someone who is like Ryan Gosling? And men and are men are, <laughs> are men are being like, I want to be like Ryan Gosling. I like is, is there I can something speak to that. To that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, being being the atypical typical, uh, <laughs> whatever we're gonna call uh-huh. me. Um, yes. Yeah. I love Ryan Gosling movies. I love Paul Rudd movies. Yeah. I love John Hamm. Like I watch these movies because I'm know like, this about you. What? Yeah. yeah, you do. Adam Scott is a guy who uh, often in care in movies. I'm like, I want to be. I want to. F- How can I be more like that? Right. Even the other day we were watching. Susan and I watched um, one of our our quarantine watches was uh, Neil Brennan Three Mics, mm-hmm. and which Neil Brennan is a brilliant writer and stand up comedian who did the, not to go into the whole special, but he. In this special, he has time to just get emotional mm-hmm. and be open and vulnerable and honest and not necessarily shine a good light on himself. But he was being so vulnerable and real and honest that I, the whole time I was like, I need to be more like this in my life. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I was putting myself in that position. I was like, I, I think I'm in a place in my life where I can absolutely go there. This is really attractive to me. Right. Like as far of what I want to be as a man. Right. And I'm looking at that thinking it is a, he's not like a standard, you know, typically whatever we look at as attractive person. Hot guy, yeah. Yeah, hot guy. But watching him be self-aware, be able to articulate that, be able to be hilarious about it, be able to Mm -hmm. um, kind of, you know, whatever, present it, package it, whatever, in in a way that's so well-written when he wrote it, like he's a great writer. Um, you know, that's, that's super attractive to women. Mm -hmm. I think, um, I wish that we would all get on board with that then. Yeah. If men want to be this way and women want to be with this, let's just do that guys. I wish our art would do that more. I wish our art would be less wish fulfillment and more aspirational. Mm Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. There, there's, there's a distinction between the two. Yeah. Of like, oh, you know, I want to be this. I want to like rise. I have this in me. I want to rise to that. Occasion. One feels empowering and yes. one feels escapist. That's the difference. Boom. You're so smart. Thanks. It's the grapes. <laughs> we all know that grapes <laughs> give you brain power. Well, thank you guys for writing in. Uh, we'll try to do more of these questions and uh, give you guys a, a chances to respond and stuff. It is. And, I uh, love getting responses. I love. Yeah, I it love helps. Other it really does help this, me like mind. think outside the box. Once again, we're not experts in everything. We're not, we're experts in our own experience, mm-hmm. which is where the term expert comes from. Like your experience, and we have that, and that's where we're speaking from. All that to say, we're not like claiming to be experts on anything. So we love getting feedback and having our mind changed and like yep. having, I, I want this to be an open conversation where people can be like, uh, that thing you said that, that hasn't been my experience. Let me share that with you. And then uh, we want, can share I that with you guys. That. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 Well, cause if this is us actually sharing our kind of, uh, self-development journey, I realize that there's stuff I'm going to say in like earlier episodes that aren't going to hold up even, you know, five weeks from now. <laughs> like it's, you know, it's progress and, yeah. and charting that progress and not everything's going to hold up and not everything's going to be great. And I'm not going to say everything right, but I am so open to having perspectives given to me and my mind changed and my, you know, I wholly welcome that. So we can only yeah. have our own perspective and experience and then take a really, really well thoughtful, educated guess at everybody else's mm-hmm. and try to represent that. But that's why I love like having the open dialogue and having people write in yep. so we can yep. hopefully represent as many people as we can. Yep. Um, yeah. So what did, uh, we wanted to kind of like not necessarily do a topic each week, but kind of a jumping off point. And, uh, Man, we have some really good ones coming up. I'm excited. Yeah. What uh, what what uh, do we have today, Suzanne? Uh, do you want to talk about the neck? Yes. Okay. So going back to movies, just let's for a talk second. about the neck. Here's the thing I've been thinking about. It's about necks. Um, Go into it. If you, <laughs> so the movie My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Mm-hmm. Twenty years old. About Probably. what year is that? Yeah. Um, what was that? 2002, 2001. Mm, yes. So yeah. So not quite twenty years old. Um, a darling, a classic, very cute, super cute. Everyone loved it. And I remember watching it, not for the first time. I'd already seen it a couple times cause I loved it, but I remember watching it at one point at my in-laws house and sitting there, you know, watching it and my mother-in-law is on the couch across the way. And it got to the part where Tula is wanting to take classes at college. Who's the main, the main character yeah. girl. Nia Vardalos' yes. character. 
and she's wanting to take classes. Her dad wants her to work in the family's whatever store. I don't know. They have a couple of businesses. And knowing that her dad is not going to go along with it and crying to her mom about how she really wants to do this thing. But like, you know, it's that they're very orthodox where the man is in charge. It's very, you know, stereotypical, stereotypical gender roles where, you know, the dad calls the shots and the father's the head of the house and the husband's the what he says goes and what he says goes. And um, she says, you know, he's the head of the house. And the mom says he's the head, but I'm the neck and the neck turns the head whatever way it wants it to go. And then proceeds to go on and say, like, we just need to, like, make him think that this idea of you going to school is his idea, that he came up with it. And I looked at my mother-in-law and, like, we looked at each other and kind of did, like, the <laughs> like, that's true. You know, you know, being, like, being married to these dudes who were, like, you know, kind of in charge because that's just very what it was, <laughs> you know, my husband and his dad. And, you know, we're both not in, like, super dickish ways, but just in the way that, like, they're in charge. They're the head of the household. And if you want something and they say no, like the no is what goes. And so like I remember, you know, looking at her and we kind of like exchanged a glance and like, hey, yep, that's that's real. That's for sure. And now thinking not even 20 years later, like how messed up that is, but also how common that is mm. for women to have to come at power, seek out power, um, seek out like equal dynamics in a relationship from like a shady shady sounds bad not even a you know but it is kind of a manipulative place where if you want your opinion to be heard you have to present it in a certain way for it to be heard if you want um if you want something you have to you know figure out sneaky ways to get that because you're not the one in power to make that happen and how women for so long have been the (laughs) in the neck and if you want to make anything happen you have to come at power sideways you have to find those sideways ways in the workarounds to get what you want and to get that to claim that power and you can never like outright claim that power or even once you get it like gloat or celebrate because then like you can't let it be known that you actually just got what you wanted like it's so messed up but I think for so long women have it's interesting. It it makes me sad, but it also makes me kind of happy that even, you know, not even two decades later, I'm looking at that and I'm like, man, that doesn't hold up. And man, that's, you know, there's already stuff happening in movies just, you know, not that long ago that, that women now would be like, that's not cool. And yet also I have friends in marriages right now who are absolutely doing their own versions of this and probably don't even realize they're doing their own versions of this. Mm-hmm. But where the man is in charge, it's not an equal partnership relationship or it kind of is. But the guy still, you know, he has final say. And so if you want things, you have to figure out the ways to get them and how women for so long, like we're just now kind of coming to the place where we're allowed to ask or even not even demand. outright, Mm -hmm. not even ask. Ask us the right, you know, this is my conditioning talking Um, to. to have that just actual equal partnership. I think it's so interesting, especially in sort of religious circles, because religion is, you know, stereotypically and rightfully so based in tradition. Yeah. And that has been the tradition for a millennia. Yeah. You know, Uh, and it, those gender roles that are so hard to break out of and those, yeah. Oh, there, and we will probably talk about the gender roles breaking out of them maybe every single episode because they're, like you just apologize for your conditioning. I love. I apologized that for saying the word asking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's layered, guys. Well, that's where like uh, we, you know, part of the apologizing for your conditioning. You, I can't like you do the thing. I think we all do the thing where we apologize. We start sentences by apologizing, or we then apologize over and over and over again mm-hmm. for something, even after we've been like admonished from it. We're like, no, you're fine. We're good. And they're like, I'm sorry. And also. Uh, and that's not just a, a gender thing. Cause I, I do that as well. But, uh, and then, you know, we do this a lot because we always want to add that extra, like, I'm not the end all be all on this. We always want to add that extra, like margin for being wrong where we'll start. I don't know if you re- realize this or not. We start sentences with, I don't know, but you know, like, <laughs> right. we right, immediately yeah. say like, I don't know. Um, like imagine if you had a therapist or, 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 or a doctor be like, yeah, but what do I know? Um, at the end of it, you're like, no, we, <laughs> especially when, when I talk to like, I don't know, it, it, it's, it's hard because you want to, 
uh, I, this is just talking about social conditioning and, and it, it's hard because it's really is hardwired in there and it's, it's hard to break. So I, I've, I used to get so mad and used to, I mean, this is just how fast the self-development goes, but like up until the last couple of weeks, I used to get so upset with you for like apologizing all the time for things. And mostly because when you would apologize for things, it would be nothing you needed to apologize for. You were mm-hmm. almost apologizing just for taking up space. And mm-hmm. I was like, no, but it's, I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at the conditioning that brought you to this point. And even my, in myself where I'm like, why am I doing, why am I, why do I feel the need to apologize after every time I have a vulnerable conversation with somebody? You know, that vulnerability hangover, as we call it. And social conditioning is very real, you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is a great element of it. Like that whole idea of like, well, women for a millennia have been told that to stay in their place and shut up and be small in the corner. And if they're going to, and but it's under the yoke of like, or the, under the like guise of marriage being in this equal partnership. But there's a, sure. there's a wink yeah. where it's like, well, we really know it's right, know. right. Right. I mean, all, every marriage ceremony is like, this is a partnership. This is this beautiful, like to become one, but not really right. uh, because the man is going to have the stereotypical man is going to have the say, the say. Mm-hmm. And cause the man usually has like all of the finances in order and has all this stuff, you know, you can't have two people in charge. That's What's crazy. That? That's madness. What a person with another experience, bringing his, their own experience and knowledge to the table. Isn't that what started the purge. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Anarchy, I say. <laughs> uh, but I think there's there's so much to that where it's like, well, if women aren't gonna, I think this is why like women get a bad rap for being sneaky. I'm like, well, it's because for a millennia they have been like told to stay in a box in a corner yeah. and to get what they want, which is what they're told is happening, which is equal partnership, but it's not happening. They have to figure out these workarounds mm-hmm. to get like, listen, like your father's going to be this way, but let me talk to him. This bleeds into so many other things, but where my mind goes immediately with that is um, things like sex work or things like, you know, women stripping Women using, realizing that they have some power in sex mm-hmm. over men and wielding that. And while, you know, and there are other women who are like, man, by doing this, you're like, you're setting us back. You know, you're by doing this. you're And it's so nuanced because I'm like, I, I don't blame women for flexing where their power actually is right now. Like, would it be great if men would like listen to what's coming out of our mouths and not just stare at our titties? Sure. But like until we get there. I understand. I understand women who are doing both. I think both are fine. If you, if you, if you think that your personal power lies in like you speaking, if you, wherever women can flex their power right now, I am so fine with that. Mm-hmm. Um, in whatever, whatever way, whatever area is working for you, because when you're in that place of not, you know, the constant like being kind of pushed down, held down, girl, fight whatever way you can fight that. And it, is, it does go into our brains. So I think in this instance, especially men, like we are more apt to listen because we're visual people uh, if uh, or creatures or whatever. If, if there is something attractive or interesting to look at, we will mm-hmm. listen and pay attention more. Whether we actually pay attention to what's being said out of the thing, that's debatable. But I... So that, if AOC walked in in like a bra, would that be more like what she's saying? Uh, I... I <laughs> That's an interesting point. I, I think, <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Some women are, you know, they're flexing their power with their words. They're flexing their power with their knowledge. Some people are, some women are flexing with their, I don't know. I think the most interesting sexuality. thing about it, AOC is definitely like a very attractive woman. She is. She's not ugly. She's not ugly. Because men would call that out immediately. And, but, but the thing that, and that definitely like got a lot of people's attention. This young, uh, like beautiful woman is running for office. Mm-hmm. And then is, but when I look, when I see videos of AOC talking and, and speaking in, in open Congress and stuff like that, I immediately go, to, I, I don't think about how cute she is. I, cause she is so incredibly well-spoken. I've kind of gotten over that point. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a given. Okay, whatever. Um, but man, look at the, she is really crushing it. Like the way, the way she speaks is so much more attractive. If she was just kind of a, Heritorial and I don't know it would be boring after about five minutes mm. but because she's actually saying things of value and she has passion behind her words mm-hmm. for me I mean I can't speak I only speak for myself but like that is like what's the hottest I'm well, like, and then I the, love that she's like and then the main like hating what's coming out of her mouth too is that well so that's the other side of it like where a lot of stereotypical right. men are like why are we letting that woman speak for so long mm-hmm. <laughs> you know we, this this should never fly in my house well, uh, and she's too yeah so that's where she's too young to know anything and then you know but I don't know. I feel like women are, 
you can figure out any way to put us down if you don't like what we're saying. Like yes. we're we're either like we're too pretty, so we're stupid, mm-hmm. or we're ugly, so you're not mm-hmm. listening to us because we're ugly. Or there are so many different ways to like try to shut us up. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've all been used, and I think I don't know. I think I think we're overcoming that though. To where well, we don't care as much what you think about us. I, thank God, because <laughs> then maybe if 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 women lead with that, then men can be like. Oh, I'm in the dark ages for like trying to, you know, uh, you know, it will help men actually help men like take a look at themselves. That's the hope anyway. But I mean, I, that makes me think of, um, when in, I know it's supposed to be for humor, but like for when people do these comedy central roasts, I've heard like Whitney Cummings and Amy Schumer and Nikki Glaser talk about like, they can get up there looking hotter than they've ever looked and they will the people who pick them apart on the dais, mm-hmm. like the other comedians will find the one thing that's a little bit, like yeah. one flaw yep. and will accentuate that yeah. to the point where they're like, Oh, they're like, I've never felt more confident and beautiful. Yep. But afterwards I feel so like, what, what is, do, does everybody think that I have a, you know, like whatever right. it is, like a big nose or a, I'm a fat girl or like, you know, I have pla- like Whitney Cummings recently, like was like that I have plastic surgery. I've never had plastic surgery. Like this whole like uh-huh. thing of, you're like, you can't win women. The men will find, and even sometimes other women will find a way to knock down a woman. Mm-hmm. I, well, I've also heard, I can't remember which one of them, but I feel like it was a female comedian. Maybe it was Whitney Cummings. Cause I've listened to her on a couple different podcasts lately, mm-hmm. but, um, her saying that like, if, if guys are now like, you know, if they resort to like your looks, you're doing great. Like if they can't say anything else except like, but like go to like what you look like, you're doing so fantastic. But she was also talking about, I'm pretty sure she's the one that was talking about how she had written jokes for a roast and you're going to know names way more than I do, but um, they had written, which this is already also horribly not holding up. I didn't do this, but writing jokes about like a very overweight, heavy male comedian and then figuring out that he wasn't going to be there, but they used the same jokes on another comedian who was not as overweight. And so they got up there and like said all these like horrible, it was like Jeff Garland overweight things. So this guy, who was just not even really that overweight. And, but the whole idea that you can throw jokes about physical appearance, like jabs about physical appearance at people, they don't even have to be that accurate to be horrible and stinging. But if, you know, if men are doing that to women and that's what they're resorting to, and that's the only thing they can come up with, we're okay with that. Yeah. Women need to be so fine with that. Mm -hmm. Because that's the low hanging fruit. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if that's, if people are only going to low hanging fruit, then cool. Like I, there was a time when I used to get trolled on Twitter a bunch when Twitter was like, you know, in its heyday. Uh, and people would, if people didn't like a thing that I said or a joke that I made, like strangers would make fun of, they were like, get out of here. You bald weirdo or something like that. And I'm like, that's all you got. You could look at, you can't even look at <laughs> right. Had nothing to do with anything that, you know, and that's a very mild, like I used to get called terrible things. And I was like, you know, on a weekly basis and I'm not even famous. So I can imagine what the, like, you know, like, and I'm a male, like I can't imagine what females are dealing with, yeah. you know, in their, in their at mentions and stuff. But, um, but going back to that, like even from a marketing standpoint, going back to the looking at a person um, or using what you got to get people's mm-hmm. attention so you can say what you need to say. Right. Um, women definitely have to jump through way more hoops than men do. But there is there is something interesting about like just our lizard brains like to look at human faces, which is why selfies, a, a post of a selfie, no matter how, even if it's not thirst trappy, yep. uh, will get way more, uh, what's the term? Like interactions yes. or uh-huh. engagements. engagements. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just because we like looking at human faces yeah. as yeah. a human. Our right. brains are like, oh, another human like me. And we find that fascinating. And we'll, we will read a post that is attached to a selfie way more than like a sunset or a tree or a flower or, or whatever mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And um, that's not even a man or woman thing. That's just a human thing. And then double down on like men being more visual creatures just by nature. Like why, why are we... Like it, so it kills me when men are like, they, they, they're attracted to the thing. Women are showing even like their bodies, however they happen to be in that moment or like a hint of something. And then the men that jump on there and like slut shame or, you know, like they put, they write women, write this really thoughtful post attached to a selfie that maybe has their curves of their body in it. And they're just like, boobs. Like they're just yeah. comment, you know, they just comment like nice titties. Yeah. 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 Or something. And they're like, okay. But like in, in slut shame, somebody for appealing to the thing that they have to appeal to, to get your attention. Right. Like, dude, you can't shit on your own nature. Right. Like 
I, you know, it, it's just yeah. such a, I mean, now we're getting into such murky territory. It, it really is just a nightmare to try to navigate. We're fighting against our own nature mm-hmm. while also trying to be ev- as evolved as possible. But it's also, I mean, the internet makes it seemingly impossible, but it's, it's possible to have a, have a, one of those lizard brain thoughts and not represent it in any kind of physical fact. Like don't type that out. Don't, right. don't write, you know, Here's a question I have for you. And I know you're going to preface it with like, I'm not, I'm kind of atypical, <laughs> but, but as a dude, and also you are a dude and you've got man stuff kicking around in there. Oh, she's so cute. There's, there, a cat there's my cat. Um, you've got man stuff kicking around in oh. there. I don't care what you say. Okay. So no, I, no, I, I absolutely, uh, I apologize for that more than anything. I apologize in my life. I absolutely do. Yeah. I'm a man. You for sure. No, you shouldn't. Have, here's the thing. You shouldn't apologize for all man stuff. It's, I'm I'm trying to deconstruct the science. I'm not trying to like yeah. shame anything. No, 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 no. I, know. I understand. A qu- here's a question I have for you. Women overall in, you know, male-female dynamics and relationships, women overall are totally in the next situation. We are not the ones in power looking for ways to sidle power, siphon power, sneak power, whatever. Do men overall know well maybe this is a stupid question but do you know that you always have the upper hand in a relationship if so what ways do you have confidence in that and knowledge of that that you have that upper hand mm-hmm. and i know what you're going to tell me because i i understand some of your past <laughs> relationships this has not always been the case for you no but looking from just a male standpoint overall mm-hmm. maybe not you know your thing but i'm wondering if if men have also ways that they ha- they feel like they have to kind of sneak things or fake things or is there a male equivalent to that? I think my first my gut instinct is to say um, it's the whole if I bring flowers home, your and, and flowers can be like a replacement for anything that the woman likes. Mm-hmm. You know, like flowers or chocolate or like you know tickets to the opera is sort of the classic cliche things. Like oh, a sensitive gesture will soften the blow if I have to give bad news. Some kind of mani- soft manipulation okay. of, of like, hey, I did a really sweet thing for you. That's why like there's a classic stereotype trope in in uh, sitcoms of the like, if the man does something nice out of the blue, it's like, what did you do? And the whole audience laughs. Because right. we all understand like, oh, he wouldn't be being sweet if it wasn't for like right. some kind of reason. Yeah. I think that's the the other version of it. It's like, hey, so... I was driving your car earlier and I hit the trash cans and the whole audience laughs right. and stuff. And she's like, well, the flowers make sense now. And the whole audience laughs. Right. It's, I think that's the version of that. Um, so, okay. So now I feel like we're playing into the whole stereotype and trope of sitcoms where it's the doofus male mm-hmm. with the type A kind of bitchy wife that loves him anyway but mm-hmm. can't stop rolling her eyeballs like that's the like, huxtables like that like the he, that's mm-hmm. it you know everybody loves raymond you even know, modern family to a modern family to a degree has a bit of that. although i feel like they kind of the dunfees i happen to i happen to super kind of love that show anyway oh so i love I, a bunch I, of these I feel shows like but they, they're problematic <laughs> they they did explore that kind of like claire's got an arc where she realizes she's but it's it starts it starts there though sure for sure the claire and phil dunphy and so is that how how do you as a dude feel about that is that do you feel like you're being represented no it's offensive is that okay i don't like it what are we trying to do there what is the purpose of this trope is it for with a broad brush is it for women so that we're looking at that thinking we have power is it for the quote unquote beta males who mm. are feeling like they're not able to fl- I'm trying to figure out what those kinds of characters who they're for. The reason it doesn't what is the, what's I can the tell you this. The okay. reason it, it it doesn't exist as much anymore yeah. is because and the reason I'm not even I'm, this isn't even a categorization. This is a hundred percent the way it is. The only way that those tropes still exist in twenty twenty is uh-huh. on sitcoms on CBS. Who watches CBS? Overall, older couples. It's so older couples feel okay. seen mm-hmm. because that is a generational thing. And the generational shift has changed to the point where like younger people, at least this is a really old kind of, but like the most popular sitcoms of the last little bit have been movies or have been sitcoms that don't even have romantic elements really at the forefront. Like, you know, your good place or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just kind of out of the box or whatever. Uh, 
Or, no, or, or it's, like, it's, it's the marriage thing. The marriage it's thing. A, mm-hmm. But I, I think it's so that married couples can laugh at something. Um, it's the same thing with comedy routines in the 50s and 60s, like your Don Rickles and all that. Like, mm-hmm. It's all about like, playing on like, we all, we, like, it, it is a generational thing where every single couple, married couple has this dynamic in it. Mm-hmm. And that has slowly started to go away. So like that is so... It, it, and for me, when I would watch like Everybody Loves Raymond or the or the Cosby Show, and I would see that dynamic, obviously I was I was too young to be in a relationship to see myself in that. But I was like, I, I every time that that joke would be made, mm-hmm. the one I just represented, the whole like you know, the guy is doing something nice because he's such a bumbling idiot, and the mm-hmm. wife is just putting up with it. I would look literally physically look to my parents to mm-hmm. see if they were laughing, and they typically were, right? Because that is the general. Even if they don't see it in their marriage, they recognize it in their parents' marriage. Mm-hmm. There's the whole thing where like, well. And my mom, you know, God bless her. Like she still thinks that that's kind of the way it goes. Like, well, men are going to be this way and women have to like figure out a way to get in there Mm -hmm. and correct it because men are always like off telling these big fish tales. And, you know, like my mom is like a fact checker. And and so she's like, we have to keep them in line because that's, that's the generation she came from instead of just allowing herself. Like, what if you weren't like the one in charge of, every man in your life and you just got to be a three-dimensional person yourself Mm -hmm. she wouldn't even know how to answer that question because it's never been properly represented to her she's never even like dipped into that and also there's a part of her and i think there's a part of a lot of women who feel like well this is my role i actually really like having a role Mm -hmm. i'd rather have this role than no role at all right so i will take it right you know well and if in if your power is feeling like you have some kind of superiority over your doofus mm-hmm. spouse. At least it's a role a, a, a role a, of authority. Yeah, it's a little bit elevated. It's elevated in some way. But I think that's why that over and over and over again mm-hmm. and I I I heard Jed Apatow, uh writer director Jed Apatow speak on this. Um because he's he he's about 15 years older than me, but he like really grew up in like the heyday of the 70s and 80s or the seventies, like sitcoms of like, you're all in the family and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And, and, uh, he's talked to a lot of like the creators of those shows. And he said that like, every time he's pitched like any kind of, or been in a pitch or something like that for a new sitcom, they have to say, it's like all in the family, but now, or it's like, you know, it's like and even modern family, which is, which is written to appeal to the widest swath of it's a, it's a, it's a sitcom in the, in the, in a modern way, but in the most, generic ways because it's it's dealing with family dynamics and relationship it has, dynamics. It has yeah, it has all yeah, it, puts, all the it puts it all in the pot. Yeah. Starts with Phil and Claire Dunphy, who and it's fun to watch them because we recognize that 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 uh that dynamic. Mm-hmm. And it's also fun to watch um the Jay, the grandfather, who's played by one of these archetypes, yeah, who's played by totally. Al Bundy. Right. Uh, yeah. it's fun to watch him have to deal with a being on his second marriage and being like an older dude who's stuck in his right. ways, dealing with a young, hot, hot yeah. like fiery wife who has her own thoughts and opinions. And yeah. she's in, and then a young son who was also brilliant and having to deal with his own stuff. Yeah. It's fun to watch him navigate that. Cause he's this old crotchety dude stuck right. in his way. So it's almost challenging that stereotype. It, is. it brings the stereotypes, but then it gives those characters an arc yeah. to where it's not like they're, just, that's what makes it not a stereotype. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause they are those types but then they have like a they all each have their like mm-hmm. growth arc. Like, and I will say that those sitcoms that have the like doofy husband and the hot wife who just puts up with them are all shot like uh, are all shot multicam, mm-hmm. which is what the classic sitcoms were shot. Single cam is sort of like 30 Rock or Parks and Recreation or, or The Office. And multicam is like cheers. You know, it has that like audience track mm-hmm. because that is also the way that our parents and generations before us were used to seeing comedies. Right. And so, you know, home improvement and all those things. Okay. So I was just going to say, because one of the, one of the classic ones with with that, you know, stereotype couple is home improvement. Yeah, Tim the Toolman Taylor. And then, and remembering like when it was on at the time, laughing, thinking it was hilarious, thinking, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> just, yes, thinking it was. And then <laughs> here's what's interesting watching people not grow out of that. And how do we know we haven't grown out of that? Because he now has last man standing. Tim Allen. Then, oh my gosh. I tried. I was like, for, for a while, I didn't know he had, yeah, I'm like, he has a show. Okay. Yeah. Turn it on. And I'm like, oh, this is what happens when you don't grow, when you get stuck in like, no, this is the way it should be. And I have my own show and now I can, it is so cringy to watch that show and be like, this is what happens when you try to maintain those kinds of dynamics or like those like nope I'm still in charge and I'm like who's 
buying that who's watching this do your parents watch that show they love that Curious. show there you go there it is but tim allen was a what there were there were certain entertainers that were always allowed in my house mm-hmm. because they could do no wrong and tim allen was one of those men mm-hmm. like my dad i've never seen my dad laugh, my dad laugh harder than he laughed at the cosby show then he laughed at uh uh tim allen in home improvement mm-hmm. like that it made him cry laugh because it was the sort of like because they represented the the sort of tomfoolery of like trying to do something but hide the fact that you're screwing up like a, mm-hmm. a construction project. Sure. Because yeah. that's how my dad feels inside. Right. He's like, he's this molting mess of like insecurity, but it's hidden with this sort of masculine veneer because he can't be seen as like, that he doesn't have, uh, insecure, that he doesn't have yeah, a shit yeah. together. But inside, he's building a fence and hoping he has the measurements right. Right. And if, you know, and Tim Allen represented this like, like this kind of right. foible of like how he felt inside. And yeah. the same thing with Cliff Huxtable. Like he was clearly like a talented doctor and knew what he was doing. But, you know, he wanted to eat sandwiches all day, even though his blood pressure was, or whatever it was, you mm-hmm. know? And, I, I and you're right, and I just looked up as you were talking, Last Man Standing, and I was like, oh yeah, that's that new show, 2011. Mm-hmm. Newest episode is on tonight, yep. so it's going on. Yep, nine there are years. people watching this. 173 it's episodes. Hilarious. I, it's and, oh and to each gosh. their own. If you like that show, that's fine. But it, I don't think you're right, anyone though. listening to this is watching that show. <laughs> if you're listening to this, if you've made it this far into the episodes of this podcast, and you watch Last Man Standing. Will you please let us know? I will give you my personal phone number. Please call me and let me know who you are. That's fascinating. But I know, I know. Any kind of the smallest bit of what I what I gleaned from like the little bit I could get through that show was like any kind of and by growth I mean we know he's curmudgeon-y. He's just stuck in his ways. I know you gotta just I don't just apologize to your dad. I know it's fine. We all like. Where I'm like, no, I'm like, fucker, go to therapy. Seriously. Who is putting up with this garbage still now? Who is, what mother is like watching this happen, like being perpetual yeah. with their kids now, today, and being like, oh, I don't know, like rolling, like, no, please call men out on that shit. Yeah. It's not okay. I, could I hate on, that he has a show I that he can just a, like. a soapbox about, and everybody deserves to have their voice heard. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to censor Tim Allen or anything. I am. But like, that. <laughs> Suze is. Uh, I personally, uh, uh, I mean, I, I don't, I, just, but, but, so but I will exercise, yeah, but I will exercise my right to disagree with it like you are. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but you know how I feel. We've had, we've had, a, I've gone on a couple different rants about how I hate the, like, well, just, you know how your dad is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just this way. And this goes directly back to the next situation. Yeah. We just put up yes. with these men yep. who are acting as children. And if they don't like something, the whole family has to not like it. It's yep. the whole thing of like, we don't go, we don't talk to that family over there because yep. that, because the dad of that family hurt my feelings yep. by not shopping at my store and shopping in another store. So we don't talk to them. That's and, a true story that happened to you, by the way. Yes, something about you shopping in a store and it was the wrong grocery store. Oh, I did. Didn't that happen? Yeah, my best (laughs) friend growing up, his dad owned the two main grocery stores in my hometown and my mom would often just shop for the best deal and she would often go to the other grocery store in town and uh, one time she cooked a bunch of food for like a a church youth gathering and so I had a band practice uh, with my friend whose dad owned the grocery store and I went over to his house with a bag and with food from the gathering that she bought at the other grocery store Uh and I had a grown man look at a 15 year old me and yell at me and and like just really mean things like like I had offended I had spit on his honor right because I I how dare you bring a bag in from another man's grocery store. I didn't even buy the freaking food. My mom did. (laughs) And I got yelled at and like to the point where like the wife had to usher the husband out of the room and nobody, it was awkward for a full three minutes. Nobody said anything. I was just sitting there at the counter and, uh, and then I remember the mom came in and said, it's best if you go home now to me. Right. So we didn't even get to have band practice. I was pr- trying to bring snacks. Mm-hmm. To, I'm I'm not the dog in this fight. Right. Also, get over the fact there's right. more. This is capitalism. The store is his penis. It was. You I, have I insulted it. I brought another man's another penis. penis. <laughs> what, you man? think his penis is better? It's Yeah. Oh, I, I no, absolutely. This metaphor might be falling I, apart, I abs- but maybe not. I absolutely <laughs> uh, offended him. But th- there is that thing of like men are 
the veneer is that we are the strong and we, we, we have strength for sure, but we are the strong like center of the family, but every man feels like they're not enough to be that. Um, and so there's, we're a just inside a mess of un, uh, untempted and tested emotions where we are so uncomfortable with the emotions that we feel around it because we're taught to push them down and never address them. Uh, and God forbid, talk to like a therapist or somebody who actually help us sort it out um, or open up to our spouse or partner about it. Like God forbid. Mm -hmm. um, so the whole idea of like men are just the, this way, you know how granddad is just let him be this way. Yeah. I hate that so yep. much. I grew up around and most of us did men who were allowed to do whatever they wanted and say whatever they wanted and treat people however they wanted. And we were just supposed to deal with it because you know how grandpa is. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, it's you. And we will talk about this a lot. I say it all the time, but that might be the, you might be this way because you grew up in the freaking depression, but that's not a reason to keep being that way, dude. Right. Like grow up, right? Uh, have a little bit of like self-awareness and run with that shit. Like right. you, if you really love your kids and you love your wife and your family and you want them to be the best they can be, show us by being the best you can be. And, Oh, it just drives me. It drives I, me I can go off, I know, I know. off, 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 off about it. Yep. It really, in, in the fact that like, that is being shown over and over again in these stupid cliche sitcoms like, well, it, and everybody laughs because they know because their dad I think is shitty. Th I think that's what bothers me most about Last Man Standing because it is currently on the air. I know. These, these other shows are now gone and we can look at them and be like, yeah, that doesn't age great. Tim Allen has like this masturbatory show where he's like, nope, this can still be a thing. Look, this is still a thing. Family still operate this way. I'm still in charge. Everyone's still... And the fact that he's like, he has this platform where he's like, nope, this is still okay. And I want, I'm like, someone tell him this is not still okay. Yeah. Please, for the love of God. Like, well, there, there stop still, perpetuating there this. Still, and anytime there's a pendulum swing one way, there's a pendulum swing the other way. And we're seeing that in our political system now. Like, uh, And I think that there's this big push to make America great again thing comes along with like, yeah, like people feel empowered right. to speak up their family values, especially if it's in vogue and they think they have an audience for it. I don't think that most of the freaking there is an audience for it. That's, that's that, I think there that's what hurt. An, yeah, that's and what the audience for it. You know, they, they, they rage against PC culture and stuff. Like that. I think yeah. the audience for it finally feels like they can speak up against like, mm -hmm. Oh, well I actually like the conservative, the traditional conservative values. And if that it, it does resonate with you, I think that's okay. Uh, you're allowed to believe and think and feel what you want. But I'm saying that like you can ha be conservative and also uh, consider other people's feelings. You can be conservative and have these traditional values and also be uh, able, able to grow and do the inner work, become self-aware, mm -hmm. have equal partnership with your, with your partner, whether it's, I mean, if you're in a traditional marriage, it's female, male and female, like you, you can do those things, but the fact that it's the negative stereotypes that keep being perpetuated that really pissed me off. I was like, you don't have to hold on to everything from the the fifties and stuff just because that's what the stereotypes are telling you. Well, that whole place of coming from black is that there's something when you add to people coming from a generation of black or coming from a generation of feeling like they didn't have enough. Now they have enough and it's coupled with this feeling of, What's the quote about when you are used to having, when you're used to having, like, having privilege, equality feels like, what is yeah, it, yeah, oppression? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Equality feels like oppression. So, you're, you know, these men who came from, like, generations of, of lack now have it, are scared to death of it being taken away, and now with anyone trying to ask for equality, they're only seeing it as what they've worked hard for is being taken from them. Yeah. It is being minus from what they have not understanding. Like we can all have enough, we can all dude, have we can all have enough. And, but they're being seen as like, you know, it, they're being attacked. They're being robbed. They're being like, I finally got to this place where like now I feel secure and can, you know, lead my family and have enough for my family. And now people want to take it from me. Mm -hmm. I understand that, but I think it comes from a flawed place of thinking that you it, it, it's not even taken from you. It's just people, other people wanting, you know, also, also what you have, mm -hmm. not your stuff personally, but also their own version of what you have. And what's that whole meme of like, it's not pie. Yeah. Right. Like equal, equal, yeah. e equality for everybody doesn't mean that you get less. Yeah. It's, it's not pie. Yep. Like, yep. you know, um, yeah, 
you don't have to completely drain all of your resources emotionally and, and whatever your freedoms and liberties are right. to give other people freedom and yes. liberty. Yep. Uh, we fixed it guys. We did. Good it. news. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, here's here's what I love about this is these are conversations you and I have all the time anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you want to be friends with us, this is just how we talk. When you're like, "What should we talk about today?" I'm like, "Let's talk about the neck." And you knew what I meant, and I love that you knew what I meant. I knew what you and, meant. Yeah. Yep. Well, I think there's there's something to be said about that, and I hope that people feel that they're that they've had these thoughts as well, and and they feel validated, and and other people saying mm-hmm. them into their into their earballs. Also, please, it's cool. Tell me what I've said that is incorrect or that is different from your experience yeah. or that is, please educate me. And that's cool. And I also understand everything we're talking about. And this is just the nature of sitcoms, period, is that I understand not everyone is heterosexual. Not every relationship is a man and a woman. Not every marriage is like, mm-hmm, I get it. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're talking about. And I get that there are other things. But this and also, is- I, get, I get that you can watch these sitcoms and not agree with them, but you're just like, I don't know. It's just... Because I, I used to shit on uh, reality shows all the time, and I still do from time to time. I still do. And like, Locked really, in. I have some really brilliantly intelligent people um, who love The Bachelor and Bachelorette and stuff. And I'm like, how can you watch garbage? And like, they've informed me that, like, honestly, at the end of the day, it's nice to watch something that I don't have to think about. I can just put, and I'm, I understand that some people watch these sitcoms because they're like, it's just a dumb thing I put on right. that I kind of zone out to, and I, it doesn't. I like to be. Yeah. I, I like to have my brain uh, engaged sometimes and sometimes I don't. Right. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I have, I have my versions of that. So I can't. The thing that ha- I understand it. Okay. We can do a whole episode on The Bachelor, which I've never actually watched, but which. Should, we should do a watch along. My foreness automatically tells me if you pick out a man. Enneagram four. And tell me that, that this is the perfect man and I'm supposed to fight and be in competition with a bunch of other women for this man that you're... I'm, I automatically hate this man. I would do... I don't like this man. A GoFundMe I'm like, to raise money to put you on The Bachelor <laughs> to watch you deal in that I'm situation. Like, is this man? Here's the thing. I'd have to play along to stay on the show to make my thoughts known. See, I don't know how I balance I that. I can see you sitting in the back eating a bowl of I'm grapes. like, bitch, the, I'm not going anywhere. You anyway. Your, you, have your sun, <laughs> you have your sunglasses on eating a bowl of grapes and you're like, whatever, Brett. <laughs> Cool. But I think the whole thing of we're given a man, we're then told to fight these other women, like outsmart these other women, out hot these other women, like play it right to like to win this one man who's great. Number one, tell me why this man's great. I don't, I get to choose my own man, whatever. But, and then number two, just the whole like women fighting other women thing (laughs) gives me such great because man we need to empower other women like i need all the women to lock arms and walk the hell out of there and leave brett in there i don't know who brett is he's the bachelor i don't know is this this real or is he okay we made him up i don't know i can't i can't watch the show if the next if the next bachelor's name is brett can we can we call dibs that we call this may have been brett i don't don't freaking know know. they're all how many have there been i don't know are they all brothers anyway it would depress you if i told you how many there have been (laughs) But I think what made me feel better about it is knowing that it actually is kind of scripted. It's scripted. Lots it's, of these women guided. are going on there and knowing. See, I'm thinking. Hoping to be Instagram I'm thinking it's all actually sweet women who aren't trying to be actresses or influencers or whatever, trying to put their brand out there. I'm thinking it's real women. I feel better knowing it's not just real, actual. Smart, well, even watching nice the only women. reality show like that I even watched was Love Is Blind with you. I made you watch that. I apologize. No, it, but, but also whatever. Oh, I we watched. had we had so much fun watching that <laughs> because we just talked through the whole thing, and I think that's the reason why people like to watch it is because they can be like, "This is crazy." Am I right? But like the the but like if you if you look at everybody's Instagram from that cast of the Love Is Blind uh, show on on Netflix now my now my parents putting the at the beginning of shows, mm-hmm. um, but the we watched the Love Is Blind. And, we sure did. And uh, after we got snacks at the Kroger. If you, <laughs> if you watch there if you look at their instagram they're all like professional like influencers yeah, now and you're like oh maybe this was the point I all know. along i know they're, they're just using it for their own self-interest so maybe that's the way to do it um using this i don't know who knows it's it's all a charade the truman show uh told us everything that makes me feel better i think i went into it thinking that humans are decent and they're actually decent humans on there actually like you know that they're innocent. Maybe the first, being... uh, for the first round, it was right. that way. But I think it's turned. People can see what they could do for exposure, and so they just go on there to try to do that. Love is Blind was the first. I'm not even kidding. The first reality show like that that I have actually sat down and watched more than five minutes of since 
Average Joe. Mm, I remember Average Joe. Do you yeah. remember Average Joe? Yeah. Remember when he kind of fell off the horse? I do. And then women still mm-hmm. didn't understand that he didn't, he wasn't really. He wasn't a rich person that a owned good horses. Horse. Right. <laughs> he was a construction worker guy. Yeah. What happened uh, to him? I'm going to go Google him. Don't do it. It's depressing. Oh. I think we, okay. actually, I think, <laughs> Did we do this? I think we've, I think we Googled Average we done Joe this not before? that long ago. Oh my gosh. This is what it's okay, like when sorry. you hang out with somebody long enough, you realize that you do circle. This actually ended a while ago. Now we're just talking. I know. Um, there's a cat in the window. That's not a euphemism. She's right there. <laughs> There's a cat in the window and she's looking at us. She's really freaked out. Okay, let's get out of here. All right. Follow Insta Susie G and add Nick Flora on Instagram and, and stuff and we'll po- we'll post stuff. Yes. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>